Thank you so much for joining in. This is the first episode of A Seeker's Diary. And in this episode, I invited Shital, who I met at the Isha Yoga Center. She was also part of the Sadhana Pada batch. She was the person who actually got me into um, the, the photo shooting for the Isha collection, the Nandi collection and the Adi Yogi collection. And I remember her as a very joyful and loving and caring person. And I, at the same time, I felt that many people around her misunderstood her. I just felt that I want to have her on, on this podcast and she was actually the reason why I, I'm starting this. So I thought she would be the best person to start with. I feel that many people will resonate with her message, with things that she said. Thanks so much for joining in. Appreciate it. Namaskar everyone. Thank you for joining in. And this is the first episode of the podcast series that I'm doing. And today I'm inviting Shital from Bombay. She's involved in the in the fashion industry. She's a, a designer. So I wonder how she's able to to use the technologies, use the science of yoga in her life. So Namaskaram Shita, thank you so much for joining. And Namaskaram Stevan. Please, <laughs> please introduce so yourself. So we got a little con Yes. So we got a little confused with the introductions, Taiwan. I'm not a designer, but I'm a stylist. So like I'm a fashion stylist. A designer usually designs a garment, but what a stylist does is brings the look together, like uh, the garments, the shoes, the clothes, the jewelry, the hair, the makeup, the sunglasses, the whole um, aesthetic bit. I was, so I was bringing everything you. together. I was, I was just testing <laughs> you. I wanted to see why, because because uh, she was actually telling me, uh, you know, I'm not a designer. You should tell this. You know, people <laughs> confuse this all the time. But I want to know. You know, I want to know uh, because I, I don't know. You know, this is kind of your life profession. You know, it's 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 how you how you involve yourself in the world. So please tell more about about this path. So usually uh, people have very little knowledge. People think that only designing a garment is uh, that uh, something that involves fashion, but not really. There's a whole process to it. Once the garment is out, uh, the person usually wears it, but does not um, have the right kind of uh, look in mind. So what a stylist does is she has a vision and she creates a certain look. So for me, body is a piece of art. And I like to uh, create art on that body. So it's like uh, painting on a canvas, on a blank canvas. So you can create a look and bring it to life. And that's what a stylist does. So usually when you see these celebrities uh, walking the ramp, doing movies, doing the promotions, they're always into fancy clothes, hair, makeup, jewelry. Clearly they haven't bought it themselves. They don't know uh, what to wear. So that's where my job comes in, where I create a look for that person. And um, 
just make it bring it to life and that's what the stylist does basically curating a look so yes that's the essence of a fashion stylist and i started styling when um, it wasn't even a profession honestly this was way back uh in 2002 like very few people knew what styling is people couldn't even understand what i did they were like what and now it's quite a professionally known i mean world known profession earlier it wasn't so for me it started off when i was very very young i was just eight and i would just um make my own little skirt or i would just make my own shoes cut my little tops into something or get like prints on you know on my hat i would paint it myself like my first print on my hat was like an om and i must have been 10 or 11 and now i when i look back and i'm like hmm spirituality was quite a part of me even then so bringing um fashion and yoga are the two things that make me who i am and it brings me immense 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 joy and pride to bring both my worlds together i remember so you were part happened. of i remember you were part of isha craft right you um you joined <laughs> so um can you can you speak about that like how how did it happen yeah how, yeah how that's how you, how you felt about being involved there so the point uh, was that i had quit styling uh, much before i uh, found yoga just when i realized that yes i love fashion but i don't i don't agree with how the industry works the bollywood here is not as structured as hollywood and there's a lot of um, other things involved to get ahead in the game uh it's not as bad but it's quite competitive and i'm not very aggressive that way like i love taking life slowly so i sort of uh, realized that maybe i should take a back seat and that's when yoga happened and then 4 or 5 years after that sadhna pada happened so when i went into sadhna pada i had written down that yes i'm a stylist and other work experiences but i had no clue that i would be joining isha craft you remember once um, after the seven day silence we were given a chit all of us remember do you remember that so we were given a chit and uh, it was written you have to go to this department to this person and it was written isha craft for me so i thought craft what do they want me to do you know what will i be making craft out of paper or <laughs> what is it and <laughs> no clue <laughs> and i was quite disappointed when i uh, went in there and i realized oh it's about fashion and garments and clothing and i was like no i thought i really thought i would be um uh sweeping or mopping floors i just wanted a very menial job so that i could not i don't have to use my mind and here i was back into it again <laughs> but within <laughs> but within a month i realized no this is such a great opportunity it couldn't have been better than this imagine yoga and fashion coming together and in my guru's ashram if he has chosen 
me to do this that means i'm capable of it somewhere i felt when i came to the ashram that i felt like a failure that i could not uh, succeed in an industry which was truly truly something that i wanted but i couldn't be uh, couldn't um make that much money or couldn't i basically felt like a failure so when i came in i wanted to do nothing with fashion i purposely brought really shabby old clothes to the ashram to wear so that i had to so that i could drop that identity and just stay away from the whole game of clothing because every morning you wake up and then you have to make decisions about what to wear so i wanted to leave the decision and just wear the same clothes again and again so that it i don't have to use my mind so i generally made an effort to do it but now when i look back maybe i worked on my inner journey then but now i feel like why not you know it's okay to style yourself again it's okay to dress up it's it's fine it does not, it has nothing to do um i don't basically i don't feel like a failure anymore i feel like it's an art and this is my expression and this is the best way i know how to express myself so that's the isha craft that's how i landed up there it was not um, i feel whoever landed up in whatever department it was meant to be like that Yes, we had certain skills in the outer world and sadguru does you know ashram is not an escape it is a playground where you come learn uh the deeper truths about life and then you go out and play the game again so i came back and i'm starting to play the game again and it's amazing the kind of um the kind of depth and insight that i have about life if i can use that in my work nothing like it you know nothing like it so there's a lot just give me one second seven just give me that yeah so there's a lot that happened before isha and there's a lot that happened during isha and there's going to be more happening after isha till my last breath so maybe we can talk about before so that the after isha makes a little more sense to whoever is listening and to you as well maybe i didn't come in the kind of um, with the kind of uh, discipline that others did maybe i lacked that but i definitely came with a lot of uh, um uh the right intent and the right uh, integrity and it might have looked like for me at that point when i saw others at sadhna pada doing their sharings like oh my god they are feeling really good in their mind in their bodies in their emotion i was a complete wreck i would look at people and i would think oh my god like there's no growth happening within me and i'm feeling worse day by day like am i ever going to come out of this a better person a better in my body better in my mind 
I really had doubts whether I whether I was really looking for spirituality or transformation when I came to the ashram. But now when I came back, now I realize that, whoa, like what just happened, you know, what just happened? The, the aha moment has come now. The eureka moment has come now. It wasn't there then. I, I was an emotional wreck, complete emotional wreck bouncing from one emotion to another on a complete roller coaster really one day was just amazing this is so good i love everyone this laughter around i just wanted to hug everyone everybody was so good to me i was so good to them and the next day i hated everyone <laughs> i just wanted to do nothing with these people with the ashram <laughs> With the food there, nothing. I just wanted to get away and escape somehow. But I had put myself into this and I said, you're not going to get out of this till you really, really um, do what you came here to do. And that's what kept me driving every day. I, there were times when I didn't want to wake up in the morning. There were times when I didn't want to go to craft. There were times when I ate... I have an emotional eating issue. So I used to eat chips and chocolates. I used to just listen to Bollywood music and dance and just, there was so much of the old me that was resurfacing again and again, no matter how much I wanted to push it back and say, you know what, you're not the same person anymore. But there it was, again, my old demons catching up with me again and again. It was like a nightmare sometimes. Like, seriously. Like, I can't even describe it. Kind of difficult to put it into words, the whole journey. So let me start how the spiritual seed was born in me. If you're patient enough I'm sure you are but I want to stay um, I want to go way back into my childhood because that's where it all started I feel for me the so when I was young I was even now I'm very skinny if you see I'm very petite but then I was extremely um, skinny that means I was almost um, just bones it was it was very hard. So I was bullied in school. Okay. I was bullied every day. I was in an all girls school. And I was bullied every day for being skinny. Really, really mean words. And it was not just one day. It was every day and all the girls ganged up on me. And really, really, now when I look back, they were really creative names, by the way. Somebody called me Noodles. <laughs> Can you imagine? Who had issues and I couldn't look at myself as a beautiful person. And I used to hide from people. I was very sensitive as a child and very shy and I would just sit in a corner and and that's where um, I feel I couldn't react 
to these mean girls like i couldn't i didn't have a response i would just shy away i would take another route so this would happen in the school during recess and after school and then it spread out to the girls and the boys from the other school and it came to my building where i lived so there was no escaping so all my friends they all laughed at me and then they all gossiped about me rumors and then i was just a little child a emotionally wounded child who just wanted some acceptance in a way i was i felt like i was being rejected and then the fashion phase came i absolutely rebel so what what does a child who is apt uh, you know emotionally wounded do maybe i had a lot of pain within and i didn't know how to cope up with it so i started drinking at a very young age i started having boyfriends at a very young age and for an indian girl in the 90s it was quite a wild child syndrome to do all of this it was not as common as it is now you know there was no social media there were no clubs in bombay there were hardly like 3 to 4 clubs five max clubs in entire city so if you mean bombay that means entire india so the concept of uh, drinking culture was not as rampant as it is now so in those times i was quite wild i got into alcohol and drugs a little more than i should have and in a way i abused my body in a um, in various ways and it was not just alcohol it was the party culture so come 7 o'clock in the evening i would want to party and for a 15 year old it is quite i should have been studying but i didn't and uh, so, uh that's when it all started and um, it was just a coping mechanism i feel it was just uh, something to rely on and depend and escape and then started the phase and it was not like i would party and come back in the night no i would come back at 7 in the morning shoes in my hand the whole walk of shame of <laughs> mascara running down my eyes and feeling absolutely guilty about what i'm doing but then the pattern repeats the next day so i'm sure most people who uh, have this or had this problem will relate to it that's when the um the rebellious me came out and eventually um i realized this is not for me in my late 20s when i was about 27 or 28 i realized it 26 or 27 i realized this is not for me because 10 years of continuous alcohol and partying and late nights and drugs and junk food can really really ruin your system is when um, yoga happened to me just before yoga happened i got married in an arranged come love situation yes uh when i got married i thought i uh was marrying um the a really great guy but uh, that was not the case i missed the red flags i think i ignored the red flags about this person i don't want to get into what the marriage what this uh, person was but it was an abusive marriage so it was um physically emotionally mentally an abusive marriage uh people have a lot of wrong notions even about domestic violence it's not always a man raising his hand on another woman it could be sexually financially emotionally it is a lot um 
without getting too much into that i think that episode really shook me and i realized i had i started having these questions about life because in this process i had really lost my sanity in a way and i was not myself completely because it felt like i was in a jail controlled every moment every breath every move every action and when i came back to my parents i finally decided that i cannot live for my emotional safety i had to leave this marriage and i did and um, i was also while uh, the moment i realized this was because i i tried to kill myself so it was an attempt to kill myself which really i was standing and wanting to jump off not wanting actually standing on a balcony railing on the 8th floor without any support for 15 minutes just one second and i would have jumped off i think those 15 minutes made me recall everything about my life and that night has been the most important night of my life because after that there was no looking back and now i value and respect life so much and this was in 2011 9 years ago and slowly the questions came in even more who am i what am i doing here why am i here and all of that and in in a way to uh, heal myself i started yoga so i very um, from the very beginning i understood it's a spiritual science intellectually i understood everything i had started joining classes for all, for all the right reasons um, i started uh, traveling to rishikesh to thailand to bali i did vipassana twice i went to osho i went everywhere under the sun i started listening to sadguru in 2012 and my first video was uh him with shekhar kapoor one of the indian film directors i'm not sure if you know him um it was on love and the feminine uh, and creativity it was quite a long video it was one or two hours and then i couldn't stop there was it was impossible to stop i would binge watch him and this man and always referred to him as this man <laughs> Sadhguru, this man, and um, because I always thought of him as a teacher, I under I knew what the concept of a guru is, but I had not experienced it. So I just call started calling him the man, because I was listening to other teachers as well, Deepak Chopra, and Ram Das, and Osho. So Sadhguru was one of them. Okay, no importance attached, nothing to do, like didn't know what. I'm into didn't have any clue what is this who is this and anyway so I watched the Diana Linga video and I said oh my god I have to go here like what is this so like people are having these experiences and it's so beautiful the aesthetics and the sounds of Isha. uh are the physical material things that actually drew me in because 
along with the spiritual these things when you see them and you hear them they really work on your senses and they really matter so the drums of the sounds of isha and the dhanalinga really really hypnotic completely hypnotic that episode went on i started i mean i pushed it at the back of my head i always knew that i'm going to the ashram one day but when i had no clue then came this happened i went backpacking i was exploring i was just traveling india one one place to another doing yoga teaching yoga the kind of rubbish yoga that the world is doing right now and i feel so ashamed that i was doing all of that but it is okay it was a part of my journey i was spiritually shopping and i had to explore everything till i understood that this is not for me and this is for me i have absolute clarity about what i got into when isha happened so 2016 four years after my first few videos i uh, sadguru came to bombay in conversation with the mystic at nsci dome and i went and it was the night after coldplay had come to bombay so i had registered for sadguru but i also had the coldplay tickets and i was wondering what should i do should i go to coldplay in the morning at night or should i go to sadguru in the morning and i was like you know what shut up because this is not the old a person anymore you've changed you better go to sadguru so i did and i was way at the back and i was just intellectually listening to him and everything else hmm, interesting clapping away and all that <laughs> <laughs> and i thought two hours i'll see this man and then my life will go on as it has been going on the misery and the suffering will continue and then he said close your eyes and open your palms and i did and then one clap and everything changed trust me now when i look back it did in that one clap seven um uh, i had not cried for about 4 to 5 years and i did i cried and i laughed at the same time like one minute i was crying and one minute i was laughing the third minute i was looking at everybody else like I was feeling so ashamed of my laughter and my crying together but I was like no everybody else is yelling too so it's fine and this happened for 10 minutes and I came out maybe I came out a different person but the mind is so um rigid that it still doesn't want to accept anything I still did not care I said maybe uh his energy my energy you know it kind of clicked and i gave the credit to myself not to him moved on did in engineering and when i did it i thought oh what is this there's nothing they are making us do this uh alternate nostril breathing that i know this also i know what is all this shambhavi i like sadguru's talk i love i used to just sit like this listening to him but the shambhavi mahamudra okay i'll do it i'll see but i'm quite a dedicated person that way so i did it for 20 days and after 20 days i gave up so i think a lot of lot I of us did that you know after 4 days or 5 days <laughs> you did so <laughs> so it's fine i think it's totally okay and then 
you have to listen to this this is when the mystical things start up till then i thought i knew everything now comes the episode of life where i don't know anything and i am just struggling so i was teaching four classes i used to teach at this studio in bandra where most of the yoga studios has started coming up and yoga was becoming like the thing instagram was like full of yoga and videos and teachers and pictures and fancy location i did all of that i was teaching four classes a week oh, sorry four classes in a day so i was completely burnt out and suddenly um a lot started coming up into my body on explanation that means i wouldn't couldn't even open my eyes like i would suddenly blank out and i would just if i had to type uh, hey let's meet at 9 i would just type something else so it kind of like really you know burnout can have a lot of symptoms so i went to a few doctors physicians and i got so many tests done blood tests and um brain scans and what not nothing came up and all the doctors had to say that you're just stressed and i couldn't believe i said no stress cannot do this to my body you know it's yes i've done alcohol and drugs before but this is something weird something very strange is happening to me and nobody can understand around me um and then i uh, ro- uh, found try try to find ayurvedic courses that i could go to like healing resorts in kerala and that's when i saw yoga marga atisha happening yoga marga is a 21 day rejuvenation program that happens at isha rejuvenation so i wrote to them i wrote wrote to them my whole story about how i'm feeling all these pains like muscle pain but sort of energy now i realize those were energy blockages and the blank uh, blacking out and the fatigue and all kind of weird things like i'm not sure if you also if you haven't experienced it you might not be able to understand i felt like i was dying i literally felt like i was dying uh then i wrote to yoga marga they said akka um we don't have um, an opening right now it's full this program is full but you can come in october i said no i'm sick right now i cried on the phone and i said please let me and i will pay double i will come anyhow i was really really bothering them by now i realize that i have to find a solution to this and isha is very very authentic at least i had the sense and the taste to understand what isha has to offer to a modern uh, yogi like me at least that much since i had within me i just didn't have the willingness as um maybe the ego was too much in the way and a lot of resistance to um, a committed path um then they said okay akka it's fine you don't uh, be a part of the program but you just come to the ashram so i said okay i have to go to the ashram i just bought my tickets and i came to the ashram and um, i did i went into silence for three days so the day i landed to the ashram i knew i wanted to go into silence so i went to the desk and i told them that i want to do silence and they said okay akka you come in the evening later and you do the silence silence program we'll tell you the instructions i said okay uh, 
and I was walking towards. Um, so then, when I came back, I took at seven thirty-eight. I took the silence card from them. They gave me the instructions, and then I was going to go into silence the next day. So I was just. They told me, "Why don't you take a look around the ashram so that you know uh, tomorrow where you have to go." because there are certain instructions that you follow during silence you can't be looking at other people and asking them for direction so why don't you take a look at the ashram and i was walking and i wanted to ask one or two people where is the nursery so i asked one of the annas where is the where is the nursery he said so we started to chat and then uh, i told him i am here only for silence and i'm going to i came here for yoga marga and i'm not interested i sadguru is not my guru is what i told him and he kept saying akka you're so arrogant you're really very arrogant because you're in sadguru's ashram tomorrow you're doing silence you're doing in engineering and you refuse to accept him as a guru and i was like yeah yeah he cannot be my guru i don't bow down to anybody i am no guru i am my own guru and you know the ego is just mountain sized at that point and i had no idea this this man is going to change my life completely <laughs> like like what what did you do to me sadguru <laughs> anyway so i did the silence and then when i came out of silence i realized yes this is it i have found or he has found me because i'm the one who was so lost so lost for years years i was lost and here i am finally there was a sense of relief and there was a sense of it was just so beautiful to finally say yes i'm here and then um, i that day i decided that i'm going to go to the ashram and spend at least 6 months to 7 months there and i don't know how to convince my parents that this is it i found what i was looking for and will they even ever understand what is going on so i called my mother up and i told her i've decided i'm going to be in the ashram for 6 to 7 months she said okay you come back you um then decide whether you want to go or no so she was thinking maybe i don't know what i'm doing and i should be absolutely sure of it because i have built a life here i live on my own uh i live i used to live in bandra and i had a great life going on on the outside people thought that but inside i was dying so she didn't really understand that but she still understood and she said okay let you go ahead and see if you want if this is it for you and i knew in my mind this is for me but i just went home to pack my bags settle everything down and come back uh when i came back in may i had already decided this was march the first time i went in may i decided okay uh i have to go so i went and i went to devi temple and that was a very very mystical experience maybe devi is for another podcast not for this <laughs> it's quite she deserves her own podcast for sure right she deserves her own chat yes so so then um me right yeah i went and it was my birthday i remember and somebody told me akka um uh, if you are going to come to the ashram anyway 
why don't you come for sadhana pada and i was like what what is this then she showed me a creative uh, from the ashram that was made and you can come to the ashram for 7 months and there were details and i said yeah these were the exact dates i was looking for guru purnima to mahashivratri how did sadguru know wow he's designed a program now this is amazing i'm going ahead anyway so i applied for sadhana pada and i kept calling once or twice again bothering them are you going to let me in and then they did and i was so happy i gave up my house um i was also living with my sister so she was very upset i told the studio that i was teaching at that i have found my guru and they really thought i'm cuckoo and <laughs> they thought why are you leaving all of this are you going to go become a monk are you going to give up all of this you've lost your mind this uh, this the, the this is a cult and what not and i said no 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 you are absolutely misled and wrong and i'm going to prove you wrong packed my bags gave up my house no belongings nothing just packed my entire life in a suitcase and came to the ashram and this was the best best thing i must have ever 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 done for myself because when i came in i was this uh, wild impulsive uh, egoistic sense oh, extremely sensitive uh, emotional like i had no um, control over my emotions at all i don't think i hardly knew, i hardly knew myself and i thought i knew everything and even though i understood yoga uh, very well i had not experienced um what chamber we had done to me so by then i had already finished my mandala i had done shunya by the time i came to sadhana pada i had done my shunya and shambhavi i had uh, i wanted i wanted to leave uh, the last piece of the cake bsp for later so i thought i'll do it when i'm extremely ready so i did bsp during sadhana pada when i came into sadhana pada i was i was already so free in a way because all that drama of my life that i had created around me had sort of been settled but now i had me to deal with this person that i was trying to run away from was waiting to be dealt with all the pain that was held in within as emotional blockages as trauma was waiting to be released and this whole process was sadhana pada was like i was in a washing machine i was being cleansed thoroughly because this whole process was like purging i was purging every moment was a setup for me literally i now realize that it at that point i was like why is this person doing this to me why is this happening to me now i realize it was happening for me not mm-hmm. to me it was a giant setup which only a guru can create for you it was like my life is not in my own hands i felt like okay if if for example if i plan today okay i'm going to go to craft and i'm going to work on this and it would just not happen something else would happen so everything that I had that i planned was a complete waste so after a point i just stopped planning because it didn't make sense anymore 
I think I had willingly put put my life into Sadhguru's hands and you know he himself says that the closer you are to me the more I'll burn you and that was true I felt like I was being burned I had so many feelings of anger and um, irritation, jealousy, resentment, insecurities, everything coming up, the things that I never thought I had buried deep inside, so much anger for people bullying me, for ganging up against me, for this ex-husband abusing me, all of that came up. It all came up to be released. And it was so much karma just being worked out. It felt like the seven months felt like, oh my God, so many lifetimes. I used to always get, also get flashbacks. There are some experiences that I would not want to talk about because, you know, people start to think that they might also have the same experiences and it's best not to share them. But it was definitely, now that I read Mystic's Musings, uh, I understand there's so much karma that needed to be worked out that did. And I'm so grateful that the people around me were catalysts in that, that they played a role, they played a part. There was no good person, there was no bad person. Uh, there were just good and bad in people that we were exchanging. I'm sure I must have also un unconsciously done a few things. Like I would, I thought I was flexible, so I don't need to work on myself physically. So I would just lie down and not do asanas. I would hate to wake up, but there was just so much happening within that it, it's very hard to explain. I feel everyone has their own journey you know everyone has their own way of even going through sadhana pada like you and i we met during sadhana pada i saw you from the first day and i was like wow that guy is good looking okay <laughs> because i i i've been seeing models for a long time right so i can like pick a model from really far and you have a good body and a good face and for me it's like a canvas like I the moment I see a good body and a good face I naturally naturally and subconsciously start to style them in my head <laughs> so I'd already started to style you in my head you and some uh Sabaka Andrea and there's so many beautiful girls I realized one thing that Isha has a lot of beautiful people men and women and I realized, oh, these people are really beautiful. And that's how I picked you for one of the Isha Nandi collection. Even though we hardly uh, must have spoken at the shoot, we had a lot of fun, that's for sure. And I heard you talking about it to uh, Vaisu Anna as well. It was quite an experience. Uh, I felt really privileged to have done that in my guru's ashram and I've had some great moments in the ashram also it was not just because it was a roller coaster one day I would be so high I'm sure I experienced a lot of joy I had not laughed in a long time I would just roll on the floor laughing I danced oh my god the dances that we used to, i mean the drums that were being played at um, during our uh, you know monthly meetings 
wow we were crazy at dancing weren't we yeah. and the plays that we did you remember that play that we did uh one that uh, sadhna pada coordinators did for us mm-hmm. and there was one that we did for them in little groups oh my god hilarious and my stomach was hurting when i was laughing oh my god i was crying laughing i was like sadguru you've given me the best 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 moments of my life like here i am in really shabby clothes bare feet i don't have money in my bank account i don't have possessions i don't sometimes i would wonder like i didn't even have a mobile cover no earphones i don't have anything like even the smallest comfort wasn't there and i am I, if i can be this joyful that means you've given me something that not even my parents could have done for me so i clearly clearly understood the importance of a guru and what it means it's a it's it's a relationship across lifetimes <laughs> and there was one um, there was one three day silence that we were going through by the end i think it was january and everybody in sadhna pada said that those three days were absolutely intense and then they played one uh um sounds of isha track and the way it started and i i was howling and I, in that moment i realized that i'm in my guru's lap and nothing nothing can break me after this and my body and my mind are something that i thought i was before but i used to just we used to just keep saying yes i'm not this body i'm not this mind each moment is inevitable my responsibility is limitless all of this but i i i think i actually lived it for a while and i really understood what it means to be a mother to the world it took really really long for me to even understand what was happening within me it was something else it was so mystical it was so mystical oh my god even now when i talk about it i don't know whether to laugh or cry which is a good, good state to be in because i'm not attached to any of this neither am i attached neither am i crying for re- any reason neither am i laughing for any reason i'm just i am being if i laugh i laugh if i cry and cry and if you can feel both you know if you can feel the whole spectrum of human emotions and you can if you've seen the darkest and you've seen the most lightest moments i think slowly it's like it's like a pendulum you keep going misery to joy misery to joy and then slowly with time you come to a balance where you are both so i feel balance and clarity is what sadhna pada gave me and if i had to uh, put it into words it was a journey for me of transforming my pain 
whatever it is that I was crying, uh, carrying within me, transforming that power, pain into power, you know. I feel so empowered right now. Maybe I cannot put it into words, but only I know from where I started as an absolute wreck to how I feel right now. Only I can compare these two people. They're not even people. These were just ideas and beliefs and values and whatnot that I thought I was. And what I am now. So I feel like emotionally cleansed and emotionally so resilient. For me, physical was not such a big deal because I pretty much had a okay lifestyle like till um, the health issue that I was facing, I pretty much had a okay life. But um, Emotionally, I feel there was so much that needed, I needed a strong foundation, a strong, solid foundation to rely on. And that's what Sadhguru and Isha has given to me, a solid foundation. Now I, now I might drift away a little bit here and there, you know. But I will keep coming back to my sadhana. And earlier, I feel like I was an emotional cripple. I used to rely on other people to fulfill my emotional needs because I felt like I had a lot of uh, rejection issues. I felt like my parents didn't understand me. I felt abandoned by my parents. Like my my mother, she is a great mother, but she does not have the emotional caution to deal with a sense yet wild child like me so I felt alienated I felt like yeah like she loves me but the kind of love that I'm seeking is not is not going to come from my parents anymore I feel like that love Sadhguru has taught me it is the sweetness of emotions it is something that I can build within I don't need another human form or anything on the outside. I don't need external support. I can build love within. And if I am love, I will obviously find love on the outside. That emotional maturity took so many years. Like, where were you, Sadhguru, all, all this while? But I think he's right. Like, only when the pain of ignorance becomes a loud scream, a guru will come finding you. And it had become a scream to a point where my body was screaming. And oh my God, love. Love is another topic altogether, right? Like this whole life I felt like, wow, I think I know love. I looked for love in relationships, in food, in people, in clothes, in jobs, in money. No, it was all right here. Like Sadhguru says, spirituality is at the tip of your nose. All you have to do is just flip it. Flip your attention. <laughs> all we have to do is just this. But there we are looking all over like, wow. <laughs> it was right here all this while. 
how could i not look at it how stupid i feel so stupid but i i'm like wow mind blown mind blowing shunya another mind blowing experience sadhna pada is i think the silence speaks for itself what how would you say sadhna pada is <laughs> you tell me <laughs> um i guess it's i mean i don't guess actually you know i feel that um sadhna pada is is just um taking a break from yourself from whatever you think you are from ever what you were doing before from ever who you were and who you were thinking that you are taking a break from that and you know just allowing whatever needs to happen whatever needs to be resolved to to happen i mean there's not not ma- not many things that you can run uh into like when you're at home you can you know overeat you can go and party you can drink you can drug you can uh throw yourself in the re- un- unhealthy relationship and seek for something in different per- people you know so at the ashram i feel like most of these things kind of fall away and you you have to deal with yourself you know and every moment is an opportunity to to do that so i i feel that this is the best place to be if you're if you really want to know yourself your core you know not just what you think you are but to really experience what it is that you are what you hold within yourself because we have so many beliefs limiting beliefs about who we are we are so much more than that but we you know we kind of get caught up in life and so the ashram is sadhana pala was just like okay 7 months of just pause just pause whatever was happening all the accessories of life and focus on life yeah i like how you said accessories exactly so if yeah like if i had to look back i was dealing with a lot of junk accessories yeah. job career relationships money parents family career what not and even when you're styling less is more so maybe in my head creatively also i was wanting so also another thing i feel like um i always tell people i was a fashion stylist but i've made the progress to being a life stylist because you could style your life also as well right you, i mean i started off again i started literally as a blank canvas and the black, blank canvas still remains i'm still out of the ashram i i mean i came back from the ashram but i still feel like a blank canvas i can create life the way i want now the power lies within me the source of creation lies within me and it's a blank canvas again you know you can do it according to the way you want it and exactly it might not look like on the outside like my parents think that okay you're still the same person and i want to tell them that yes because that's what you think of me but the 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 journey was inward so 
my experience is uh, nothing to do with your what you think about me what i have gained through these 7 months is only for me and if you want to know what i have experienced you'll have to go and do it yourself you know it's hard to explain it to my parents what has happened within me because i'm still the same person according to them yes when i came back they were like oh you've lost weight you've tanned look at the acne that you have look at your hair look at this and look they were just worried about my health but they didn't know i was blooming like a flower within maybe when i came back not immediately i was so 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 disheartened that i came back from the ashram because i had literally um uh decided that i'm going to be in the ashram for the rest of my life because that's what i thought that is best for me but then after a point i realized no i'm going to leave it to sadguru whatever he decides metaphorically and literally so i was just waiting for a sign uh from him that way i think i have built a very strong connection with him i don't need to see him physically anymore i don't think uh i had i started to build this connection way back much before i came to the ashram i'm sure everybody has in their own way you know he says he's an occultist which is very true because he if he has to put something across to you he will do it to you and you will know this is coming from sadguru <laughs> there is a way yogis definitely can uh be in two places and not physically but uh if you've read autobiography of a yogi there were yogis in the past who have also been physically in two places because at that point there was no technology so if they had to put a message across across to their disciple they would physically appear but we don't have that anymore we have technology so i feel like if there is something there is that connect with sadguru that will always remain and i always look for his guidance because he knows best what's for me and i felt like i got that guidance from him and i left the ashram and i know that i'm here for a reason you know i'm back home for a reason it was very very disheartening in the beginning because i had become so attached to the people there you know because i was in craft it, it is not like any other department it was um, see in your department you all probably went thought of it like an office sat at a desktop and left right for us it was a group of people who made things happen everything was just so organic there there was no desktop for us we were working interacting with people uh we 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 were interacting with staff so they were tamil and they were tailors so i would not understand anything what they are saying they would they would understand what i'm saying <clears throat> but there was a whole love language happening totally there you know with the akkas there i felt so good and nurtured and held within you know like a baby they used to literally treat me like a child and they were so loving and sometimes not so loving as well that's the human side of everyone but there was so much love that i felt so attached to the people and the ashram and that way of living that i was aspiring to i felt like i aspired to all of this you know i want to wake up at 4:45 i want to do my sadhana i want to eat well i want to sleep on time i want to 
be willing to work on anything that whichever department I'm in. But uh, I realized that no, maybe like what you were what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think nobody really knows that yes. about Isha Crafts. I feel like you you should share. Because we are, our department is quite a um, fun one. So um, we are, we were right behind the helipad and Isha Craft basically was a very small team. It was just Usha Akka, who's a department head and Prashantanna. And uh, before Sandapada came in. So it was just the two of them mainly handling. Um, so uh, we basically create designs and we make uh, make uh, do the production and the packaging and then the marketing is a different department. So basically Isha Craft, whatever clothes that uh, people wear, the products, clothes, yoga, uh, mats, accessories, uh, food, all of this comes under Isha Craft, but now it's Isha Life. But if you talk about in the ashram, we call it Isha Craft. So from the sourcing of the fabric to the garment making to styling it, shooting it to all the products, making this even the smallest soap is firstly we sample it, then we approve it and then we uh, do the packaging and then uh, it, that the packaging is also approved by Sadhguru. So Sadhguru is very involved in the smallest details like you'll see the copper bottles and the copper mugs, he has great insight into everything. Like he would come to our Isha Craft meetings and then tell us, you know, you should do this and you should do that. Really? And we sometimes, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has great insight, like things that we've never thought of. And um, and and uh, what else do we do? Yeah, from the, from the shooting, then putting it online that the marketing t uh, team does. But that's also quite another game, this, you know, this marketing business. Um, what else? We were working mainly on Save the Wheel. That was one initiative that Sadhguru started. So what we started was, I started from the scratch because it was me, Saraka, and Rupatna from Sadhna who joined in. And it was Prashantana usually um, there to give us instructions how to go about it. So it was the very beginning of Save the Weep. So I started the research. Roop took part in the production. So we also have a, a production in Madampati, which is like a few kilometers from uh, the ashram and Irritapulam. That's our design studio. But earlier we were behind the helipad. And then um, we started the research and there were 120 weaves. We made uh, documents over it, researched how each weave and uh, how it works and the whole process of how the garment has come alive and how many weavers in how many villages. We even went uh, to visit the weavers, you know, across villages of South India. We made a documentary out of it. We, in fact, uh, sent out fabric to uh, the designers in New York and we were at the New York Fashion Week. So, so there was like a big display of our fabrics at um, New York Fashion Week, which was a very proud moment for me because we were here and New York Fashion Week was going there and we were working so hard, like 14 hours 
getting everything ready from here because every weave had to be explained in a certain way where it's which part of india it's coming from how it is made how many weavers are what is the current state of the weavers so we basically say the weave was to build the gap between the weavers and the market so make it sustainable for us as well as the weavers so the this dying art of uh, handloom weaving stays alive and it doesn't die because most of the weavers don't want their children to get into this occupation because there's no economy uh, uh, economic revenue happening over there it's not very uh, financially suitable for them so we want to make sure that the uh, weavers also make money out of it and not just the designers and the um, economy so that was a whole uh point of this so it was quite a proud moment for all of us what else did we do we shot the nandi collection for mahashivratri which you were a part of and that sold that literally sold like hot cakes in the ashram i was pretty happy that so happy that everybody were, a lot of people were literally we were at the store and people were fighting for it there was this chinese lady who literally like pushed me because i wouldn't give her a right size of garment and i was like oh my god this is amazing this is so good people are fighting for our stuff <laughs> this was so cute <laughs> and then a lot of people wore it at the ashram and it's quite a hot pick for quite a lot of people right yeah and we didn't see this coming it was quite a hit mm. that mahashivratri When did you go to New York? Quite a good one You're... that we did. When did you go to New York? I didn't go. Ushaka uh, went. Ushaka was supposed to send. She went in Feb. I didn't go because actually a parcel had to be sent, and she called me in the middle of the night saying, um, "Sheetal, do you have a visa?" And I was like, "No, Akka." She's like, "I could have sent you with the garments to U.S." And I said, "Oh, Akka, <laughs> I wish I had a visa. I was, I think I would have gone." Mm. for sure so obviously the ashram cannot afford uh, all of us going yes, to um, yes, yes, yes. new york right yeah so only usha akka went with sadguru um also i was in sadhna pada so i would not have been allowed we were not allowed to go out of the ashram right mm -hmm. definitely not out of the country yeah. so this was in um, i was asking february was so <laughs> i would have not left sadhna pada for anything that's for sure not for new york fashion week for sure like <laughs> i had made a vow to sadguru that even if i die here i'm going to stay here no matter what like i had so many troubles my parents called me so many times they were not supportive of my decision although they felt like they were they were not supporting me but now i feel like i rode it you know i was quite a fighter in my own sense like i knew that i would have no support emotionally financially but i still made it somehow yeah that was save the weave and craft craft was quite a fun department yeah it was quite a fun one uh, we had so many good memories we did we uh, we made ganpati out of clay we celebrated ganpati then we had puja during navratri then i you know we sometimes we used to uh if biksha hall food we can't manage because i'm suddenly shooting and i can't leave the shoot and go and eat at biksha hall so the akka would go and get uh, food for me 
sometimes they would cook food from their homes and then bring it for me and then there was uh, sara she was also fun roop was fun roop would bring all the fun uh, stories from sadna pada boys <laughs> to our craft <laughs> so even so i realize that yogis don't have to go and sit on a mountain top and do their sadhana for me everything was sadhana dealing with all kinds of people was also sadhana i'm not saying that ushaka prashantana and rupanna these were great you know we were all love and light no sorry these were difficult people to deal with i was difficult to deal with we all had our tempers we all had our moments where we wanted to tear our hair you know tear each other's hair out we wanted to like we had arguments we had so much but i'm sure i definitely have a lot of love for them for sure like i i don't um, all the uh, sadhna pada people boys and girls i feel like we'll always be bonded together in some way because this was the first sadhna pada batch and this we had no clue what we were getting into we had all just packed our bags and come here at least now there's a structure to it you know they know what they are doing we had no clue absolutely no clue what we are going to and how it's going to happen but we definitely have a bond together for sure for life that's going to remain no matter i some uh, annas uh i might not even remember their faces because we were so many uh the akkas obviously i remember because we all live like one big family in the family ladies dorm that was quite a revelation for me because i come from a girl school and i was bullied in school so i would stay away from women and you know how women can get very territorial like this is my space we used to always fight not me but i've seen people fighting for space like even like a little inch of space they would we will all fight with each other but the kind of love we've exchanged clothes we've put sarees draped them on each other we've done each other's makeup we've you know eaten chocolates and chips and shared sweets with each other literally shared everything i think we've bared our souls naked in front of each other for sure like i felt so free bhavas pandan was bsp was some things that i had kept to myself for years i said it in front of 200 300 other participants which was so empowering wow right like if you're carrying a story within you a story that is filled with shame and guilt because you've attached the meaning of shame and guilt with it and you say that story in front of so many people you feel like it's not you anymore you're free from the burden of that story because the more times you say it it sort of becomes meaningless you know so it was and when i danced i danced like not in, not in a way where it was like very movement wise i just danced like crazy like if, if people around me saw me during bsp dancing they thought they would have thought this lady is 
lunatic <laughs> really you know you, it, a movement doesn't have to look aesthetically good a movement could be just movement right so that the, the trauma or the emotional pain or the you know the whatever you've buried within gets a gets an outlet it you can release that from your system dance could be very therapeutic so every time we danced it was just i felt like i was becoming freer and freer every day you know glimpses of liberation <laughs> for sure yes. glimpses not fully liberated yet mm-hmm. but glimpses did you dance yeah i mean yes, like yes. i i used to i used to th- like i had so many issues with dancing i would only dance when i would drink you know mm. I I I used to tell yeah. myself I can only dance when I drink. It was like a mantra, like a mm. affirmation. I just repeated it and it got stuck into my brain. And um yeah, I mean at the ashram that was the first time that I was like why don't I just drop this conclusion and dance? but you know i i was thinking somebody will judge me somebody will think i i don't dance well somebody will you know i was just thinking about other opinions of, of others and i was able to drop that and actually since then i i'm not having the same issues anymore you know like i can i can dance i cannot dance it's it it really changed yeah like that space i feel we um I didn't feel judged mm. most of the times. Yes, there were times when I felt like I was judged in terms of um, because I was from Bombay, and not from Bombay, but because maybe I judged myself. I don't blame anybody else. I judged myself because of the kind of past that I came with. Because most I was only Sadhna Pada had become like a small cocoon, right? It was just. us not even the rest of the ashram for me sadhna pada meant my ladies dorm and craft that's all i'm sure for most of us the dorm and the craft and your sadhna time so sadhna time is something that happens internally but when you open your eyes it's the ladies dorm and craft so it that had become my life so most of the time i was felt like i was not judged but sometimes i felt like i was judged because i was judging myself based on my past because the ladies in sadhna pada were you know very uh, loving simple very um, different upbringing i mean not upbringing but different lifestyles they were uh, women who have were married and who had kids and nobody who, who was a divorcee like me nobody an alcoholic not an alcoholic but i was dependent on alcohol and drugs for a long time so nobody i thought that had the same kind of experience that i carried so maybe i carried shame or some sort of resentment um because of my past within me so i maybe i thought i'm being judged but now when i look back no nobody was judging me everybody had their own drama going on in their own minds you know maybe uh, we must have been insecure as women um i i sure was looking at other pretty girls in the ashram which is totally normal you know i appreciate beauty but at the same time i wish i had that you know sometimes when i see 
um other women dressing um up for devi sometimes i felt like oh my god i could have done that but but that's not what i came here i could do that later there were moments there were really it was a whole spectrum of human emotions if you i think it's very important to acknowledge um the whole human authentic experience it's not inhuman to be angry it's not inhuman to be jealous it's not inhuman to have fear or doubt or feel any of these things is totally human if you've not felt this then i don't know i think i was very aware that i'm feeling all these things like they would you know we had to do our homework where we had to write where what we are feeling and every day i've felt you know uh, uh it was like a dual reality i felt both angry and happy there were moments of the day where your energy shifts and your emotions also shift so you can't put your you can't name one emotion or one um that's how you felt in your body for the day because in the morning you felt something in the afternoon you i felt so sluggish and sleepy in the evening i was charged up again in the night i would be not wanting to sleep and it was very different and the kind of people that we met oh my god sandavada we all sort of weirdos all <laughs> quirk within all of us right like all all stupid people but oh my god when sadguru met us and he told us that we are all one we are, we are not we might not be family by blood but we are family by spirit mm. is when i was like hmm i definitely felt it you have something to say remind me of something remind allowing, me of something i'm just allowing you to unfold you know just allowing you to yeah maybe to share your story so i think i i just wanted to cover the the crafts because that i feel many people will want to know what it is about so that that we got and just your journey what kind of what kind of questions do you have about craft uh I, no i think you answered you answered uh, all of it you know i but it's super interesting it's very interesting thank you for for sharing this yeah it's it's a long process and it's not rushed it's not treated as a business it is a business it's a business side of asia but everything is like sadguru says um our conscious consciousness is the fundamental product you know the other garments and clothing and copper temple products are just products because you want to live a certain lifestyle but what we are selling essentially is consciousness mm. so that was always a vision we ne- we were never people like prashant meera i sara roop we were never competitive people like prashantana was a designer himself and meera also um you know they they chose to come here and do this as an offering to sadguru um uh, 
not because they couldn't make it in the outside world it's because they wanted to have those skills and put them to use in their guru's ashram so it worked it works out very well because um i think the world needs more people like this the people who have the skill and the art for it but not the competitiveness or it's an aggressive world out there like competition is not something that the world needs right now collaboration is what the world needs right now so craft is definitely conscious craft mm-hmm. you know everything that we do, did was sadhana even when i was shooting hungry i it was sadhana for me <laughs> like it's not easy because you don't have uh, staff working for you i'm being i'm directing the shoot i am doing everything i'm sometimes i felt like i'm lifting i'm little you know i'm already so skinny i'm lifting things and doing it myself it was so heavy and then it was so hot and it was i was hungry there were times but all this was sadhana for me you know you don't have to necessarily close your eyes so craft what else what else can i think of save the we was a major component yeah this was good so i've always had the um, like i was not a i was not crazy to see some guru or talk to him but i was fortunate enough that i did because of craft so one day um, so ushaka was sick she had viral fever and it was sadguru had called her for a meeting at nalanda and i i had brunch and then i was going to craft and then my induba called me and said uh, shital just come here no can you please drop ushaka to sadguru's meeting and i said okay and then when i went to drop her so sadguru had not arrived yet so i dropped ushaka because she was not well and she felt like she was going to be very weak so she wanted somebody to ta- take her she was very very weak but she couldn't obviously not go to sadguru's meeting so i took her i dropped her upstairs the uh, meeting was at the first floor and uh, sadguru walked in and it was just me and sadguru then okay she was upstairs and it was just me and sadguru and sadguru walked in and i thought he would not see me but i still did namaskara he did namaskara but he kept walking and kept looking at me and then he walked up the stairs again he did namaskaram and again i did namaskaram <laughs> and that is it i was done i was like okay that's all i wanted i just wanted my guru to acknowledge me and i was so happy then um then a few times after that uh, ushaka took us to meetings with sadguru so that was also quite a fun experience and then there was one moment when uh, i had to this was mahashivratri and we had a guest she is a textile scholar so she was working with us on save the bee rita chishti ji she came and i was to introduce her to sadguru okay sadguru already knows her but i was supposed to take her because she's a really old 80 year old lady and i was supposed to introduce her and we had done um i'm sure everybody knows about this we had done this event called 108 ways to drape a sari that was her event so she was going to teach people how to drape a sari in 108 ways so sadguru knew about this that this event is going to happen radhika was also uh, there so sadguru uh, 
understood that I'm a part of Isha Craft. So he asked me, so how many ladies did you, uh, uh, you know, what did he say? How many ladies did you dress up in a sari today? And I said, so many Sadhguru you see online. And I said something so silly. At that moment, I was tongue-tied and I didn't know what to say. I wanted to be fun and witty because he was being funny and witty. And I wanted to say something funny and witty, but it didn't. But then he didn't say anything. He just looked at me like that. And I was so embarrassed. I just wanted to go and hide in a cave. <laughs> I was like, oh God, you messed it up royally, didn't you? <laughs> and then I realized, Sadhguru is a sculptor. You Okay. He sharp, you know, he literally, it's like a chisel. He sharpens, he literally breaks your ego. So it was my ego that, hello, hello, I'm so funny and I'm so witty and I'm working on Save the Weave and here I am. And he just broke my ego in one look, you know, one, just one look was enough. Yes. And this whole experience of Sadhana Pada was a breaking of my ego. Nothing else. I hated him for a lot of times like why me why are you doing this to me why why do i see this these amazing people around me with such very serene faces and poker like faces they have they are so controlled and balanced and look at me i'm just like all over the place crying laughing getting angry what is all this why are you doing this to me why can't i have what they have like i want that poker face you know, I want to look like I'm a yogi. I'm a serious seeker, okay? I'm, I'm doing all this sadhana. You, I'm sure you've seen a lot of people just being in the ashram all like... That's what people tell us. Calm and composed. <laughs> That's what... Yeah, like, right? Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, it's like not, so it's calm and composed. Outside, right? it's, a, it's about the inside. Yeah. How you feel. Exactly. Now I know that. But at that point, I was angry that why can't I be like them but now I'm like no this is me I'm vibrant I'm sorry if I'm in your face I'm sorry if I'm now I understand how Devi plays such an important part of who I am you know she's fierce herself like you can't shut her up like she's the kind of so I feel like a lot of my feminine I have accepted my feminine side because I was bullied in school I was rejecting my feminine side I'm not pretty enough I'm not uh, good enough a man will never want to marry me a man would not ever want to date me that's why I went from one toxic relationship to another you know but now I feel no I'm as feminine as it can get and I'm going to embrace my femininity even if I'm emotional yes I'm going to be angry at some point yes I'm sensitive you know I'm like a live wire if you I'm ecstasy at one point and absolute misery at one point and I want to experience both you know there would be no life if I didn't experience both of them so I've accepted that I don't want the poker face anymore I don't want to look calm and composed I'm calm and composed within when I close my eyes I'm very calm when I open my eyes and I interact with people and I choose who I want to interact with now I'm not open to um I'm willing, definitely, but I, I'm not I'm not willing to be vulnerable to people anymore. Like I don't my vulnerability is for me, you know, and I would want to share that vulnerability with people around, um, like I am right now. 
but the choice lies within me their empowerment has come it does not come out of unconscious behavior it comes very consciously i choose to share as much because the more i'm vulnerable with myself it gives other people the courage to be vulnerable with themselves and share this and that's what the world needs right now definitely we are done with the whole love and light and you know i'll send you blessings and oh i'm so good spirituality is not not that spirituality is going dark deep down into the skeletons of your closet and dealing with my self you know it is bring the cat out of the bag deal with it you know it cannot you cannot run away from it you cannot shine as light if you've not dealt with your darkness you have to embrace your darkness so i I'm, i'm here to embrace my darkness i'm here to be vulnerable and i think i've lost the meaning of shame and guilt that i've attached to my stories that i was building up in my head you know i feel so much freer like i wanted to share a lot during sadhna pada like people were being called to share i was never called just once and then two minute sharing and then never called me back <laughs> uh but now i feel like everything has the right time and you and i also everything that has happened is quite aligned in a way you know it was not not that we planned to do anything it just happened very organically i wanted to share you wanted to hold that space we both wanted to do this you know set up this was also maybe a setup by the master <laughs> so that so that whatever i had within is released you know even this is just even though this is just a glimpse and a, you know maybe i'm coming out in spurts maybe i'm not making sense to whoever is listening but i care damn actually i am done talking <laughs> i'm done you know talking makes talking makes a lot of difference to me because a lot of things i didn't talk about that i held within me that caused only damage to me you know self destructive behavior self sabotage came from the introvert that i am i might look like an extrovert on the outside but i know that i'm quite an introvert within this is just a facade sometimes i try to be funny because so that people don't think that i'm boring earlier i used to think that people will find me boring so i have to talk you know but now it's like i talk so that something is off me i don't feel weighed down by that anymore i don't feel like i am i'm a loner where because uh, human experiences are universal something that i felt i'm sure everyone has felt that at least some people have felt that there's nothing new that i have felt and i'm talking about there's nothing new that you must have felt and you're talking about and people will have the courage to not the courage but just the willingness to talk about stuff yes i'm and, very grateful also that you joined 
because I feel like this is the perfect start, you know, to to what you just shared. I feel that will inspire many people to to you know just open up. It's much easier for us to share. I agree. Yeah, but this was well. This was a very selfish act, by the way. This was. I wanted to do it for myself. Yeah. And when you and I spoke, it was a great opportunity. You know, this video might not be watched by anybody. Who knows? But if it does, then great. But I have done my part. I am so happy. I've spoken, and I'm, and I was so shy after I came back from the ashram. It was like, oh my god, I've changed. Do people notice? And I'm become even more shy. I, ha I don't have any friends anymore because they all think that I I have been brainwashed. I went to a cult and came back, and. And I'm like, oh, where do I even start to explain to you? You know, and that's why I don't have any friends anymore. Not that, not, not that I need anybody because my emotional needs are being met by myself. I don't have, um, I don't have that kind of crazy energy anymore where I can go and spend time and talk to somebody. I think I'm pretty self-sufficient. You know, Sadhguru self, self-start, self-sufficient is the word, sustain. And I don't need to. Like any other relationship, a friendship or relationship that I will have after this is going to add to my life. Like it'll be an accessory. It might not be life. My life. My life is already quite, I'm quite content in a way. My parents think that, oh, you're too content. You know, your life is so slow. You know, look at other people doing all those things, getting married, getting having kids. But that's not what I want. That's not what I want. Yes, marriage, maybe yes. But if it's not happened yet, it's not. It might not happen again. You know, not everyone's meant to be married. Not everyone's meant to be. You could have really good, solid relationships with your mother and your father. It is just like any other relationship, right? And I think I I want to strengthen my relationship with my parents because twenty <clears throat> so many years of my life I've stayed away from home. There was. When I started partying at 15, till about 28, 29, I was living with my parents. No, not 20, 20, 26, 27, I was living with my parents, but not a spare night spent at home. Not one night. Can you imagine the kind of crazy that I was? Now I feel like I finally come back home. I feel like I'm, my being is established. I feel more grounded. Even when I was living by myself, for about five, six years. I still had that connection with people, but I was quite a loner even then. You know, I was escaping. <laughs> I was sorry. Okay. I was escaping into Netflix and whatnot. But now it's like I finally come back home. Home is where I am, where this being is, you know. Home is not geography. So I could have been in the ashram or I could have been in Bombay or Timbuktu for that matter. But uh, here I feel more established and grounded and that's what ashram Isha Sadhguru has given to me. And this will remain till the last breath of my life. Like I've never been so sure about my life ever. I've always had two minds about something. Always. Like but this one thing, Isha and Sadhguru and Devi, 
is one thing that I've absolute assurance, surety, guarantee, whatever you want to call it, in my soul, in my body, in my mind, in my emotion, in my energy, everything. I found something so precious. Maybe after so many lifetimes, I don't know, but I found it. I can talk about this life. I found something so precious, so precious that. Oh my God. <laughs> I think silence is much better now <laughs> because I'm so. I'm full of emotion right now. Gratitude can be a funny one, right? Like, how do you even I express gratitude towards Sadhguru? Just keep Maybe keep yourself this. open. You know? Yes. Yes. And you will start so to good. attract people into your life. You know, if you if you hold on to this. I'm very confident. I, I mean, confident in, in the sense of I experienced this myself, you know, going through this and like seeing how people who used to be my friends or I don't even want to say used to be my friends, but just people in my life um, who, who now look at me and they're maybe struggling, you know, because they have a certain image of me, but I'm not really matching that image. So they're like, kind of confused and not really sure what's happening but i feel like if you you know if you um continue this path and and you don't um you just are not dependent upon what others think then with time they will you know start either they will just ignore you and you know leave you aside <laughs> or they will just you know be curious and want to know and that's when you can maybe introduce them into, you know, whatever, or along the way, you will definitely meet people who will, you know, match your vibration, your energy, your frequency. Naturally, you will attract them. Yes. Others. Yes. Yes. Definitely. I feel like um, my old friends, whoever those people were, might not understand now. But there are quite a few who are getting in touch with me on Instagram again now that I'm on, back on social media. Mm. And these are random people. I must, must have had one or two conversations with them. These are not even friends. These are acquaintances who sense the energy that I am sharing even through Instagram. Mm. I usually share really funny stuff. I don't even share that much Isha and Sadhguru one. Yeah, I do, but I'm not like very, very active like you and a lot of other volunteers are uh, because I've just started on social media and technology is a struggle for me. So, but still, even with those little posts and this, and for them to see the kind of transformation that I've had, these are not people close to me. These are random people, but they definitely are you know, up for in engineering, they want to go to the ashram, they want to do in engineering, they want to do all of it. And, and I feel like it's happening. You know, like Sadhguru says, let's make it happen. It is happening, Sadhguru, it is happening. And it's, and it's happening at an exponential level, like it's growing, you know? And I feel like Sadhna Pada, 
is like we were a bunch of people who came from all parts of the world got together and then we are out into the world thrown by sadguru like literally i feel like we're all consecrated in a way and then thrown into the world and we landed exactly where we came from right i'm exactly where i started from but it feels like lifetimes ago or eons ago and i'm sure even you like you felt like the same people either they'll ignore you because they don't understand what happened within you or they are fully wanting to embrace what you have like they want what you have like there are people who really want what i have but maybe they are not um committed enough they are scared even we were scared when we started off right i'm sure even you thought oh my god from germany to india how am i going to do that Yes, definitely doubts are, are there, you know. Doubts. Yeah. yeah, resistance. It will take a little time, but it will happen. And I, and I really hope that more people do this seven months out of their life. It's not such a big deal. I convince my sister to do that a lot. She's a stylist as well, and she works at Vogue. So she is like constantly on her toes, working, working, working. and for her this is really stupid like she's been to, she's been to the ashram she really love like sadguru she loves the ashram but maybe it's not the right time people in my immediate surroundings like my parents and my sister like they understand but they think i'm a little too much into it like you should find a balance so i'm also trying to find a balance where i don't throw my sadhana or my spirituality in their face like i go and do it in a corner in the room i don't you know do all of that i i try to refrain from being extreme i try to show them that i'm the same person anymore uh, i'm i'm the same person just with a little twist because that's all they are ready to accept for now they can't fathom the fact that our daughter has or my sister has offered her life to sadguru yes they love sadguru but of you know giving their daughter or their sister away and not having any sort of attachment to her is quite a one big one for them as well yeah yeah that's difficult yeah because they want me to just get a job get married have kids you know just do the checklist <laughs> life and sadguru has other plans for me i have other plans for me maybe <laughs> who knows long term vision <laughs> at least just yeah that's all i think i'm speaking too much talking too much okay it's okay i'm done i'm done i feel so good stevar yeah, really great. thank you so much <laughs> thank you for no thank you thank you <laughs> I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I hope you're okay that this is going to be your first one. Yes. And you probably had some sort of um No. <laughs> no expectation. You didn't? No. Good. Good then. Um, I know you didn't, but I just felt like I'll clarify that with you because I'm so excited. Really? Like Are you? Every single sharing, every single podcast, every single person will be different, you know, in so many ways. So 
yeah, maybe my mind is saying, ah, you know, like, but no, no. No, what is your mind saying? Tell me. You should, you should share whatever you feel you need to share. It should not me be, I should not be the one who's telling you what to share, right? So that's that's how I feel this should happen. And whoever is listening to, uh, thank you, thank you very much for for tuning in, you know, and spending the time with us. And I I, I feel inspired by you know the path that you went through, and um, a lot of the things that you spoke about. I I I feel there were there will be a lot of people who can resonate to that as well. And so you know, uh, hearing you, I feel that you know maybe you're going through certain emotion emotional upheals like ups and downs but your base because of the sadhana that you do um is, is it's like whatever happens outside you know within is what matters and you can decide how you feel within you know outside situations may might change people might change relationships might change but at the end it's it's you who decides how you feel about it what you make out of that. So I, I, that's what I kind of, you know, that's kind of what I, what I truly feel that you were able to express that you went through so many things in life, but now that you have the, you know, the Sadhana and Sadhguru's grace and, and Devi in your life, there's just something which um, you can always come back to, you know, there's something which is always giving you, I don't want to call it comfort because it's not really comfort, um, but you you have balance and clarity within yes, yourself. Yes. That's what sadhana is all about, and sadhana pada. Yes. So yes. Thank you so yes. much. And and there and there might be situations where uh, I might have that roller coaster of emotions again. You never know, but I always have that solid base to come back to, and that's what we all have now, thanks to sadhana pada and isha. And there's a lot that I have filtered out about my life, actually. You think I've spoken quite a lot, but no. Maybe another sharing. It's a little too dark to talk about right now. Hmm. There's some parts about... I feel you uh, really, really, you did a, a great job. I feel you You shared it. Like, I, lo I loved your sharing. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for holding that space for me and allowing me to talk so much and just patiently listening. I really needed it. I, I really, truly needed it. Seriously. <laughs> because nobody was listening to me before this around in my immediate surroundings. This was the only way I could put it out there. So where can people reach out to you? Uh, is it okay to share your Instagram? Maybe, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, some people have questions about Sadhana or how things change, or maybe they're into fashion as well. You know, uh, is there some way that people can reach out? Yeah. So in Sadhana Pada, I didn't use social media at all. I deleted all the apps, no Facebook, no Instagram. <laughs> But then I wanted to, I had to look for content writers for Save the Weave on Instagram. So somehow I landed up on Instagram, but now I'm using it. And I've, uh, my handle is, should I spell out my yes. handle? Yes. Or will you type it? I will type it in, in the YouTube. Type it, okay. Yes, yes, yes. So it's called the dot holistic dot path. <laughs> so you will spell it out for me and you can reach out to me there, everyone. 
and I'll be sure to connect with people with the same kind of frequency. It'll be nice to yes. find like-minded people. <laughs> and yay! This was my journey from being a fashion stylist to a life stylist. But that would just be very superficial to say. But it was quite a journey. It was quite <laughs> a one. <laughs> a big one. All right. We Thanks. should chat again. Yes. You. Namaskaram. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. You too. Namaskaram. Bye. Namaskaram. Bye. This is a song to show how thankful I am. Not enough, but what I can. You are my perfect mirror. You show me what I'm not. In the endless pit of what once was me. Layer and layer, you peel off me. The pain it is, but the joy it brings. So thank you for showing me what I'm not. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. That was a really wonderful podcast. I enjoyed that a lot. I hope you did as well. Thank you for keeping up until the end. I am so happy to, to start this, to, to, to offer people the space to share their story of transformation through their experience rather than through a belief or an idea. So upcoming, there will be more podcasts happening and some of them will be participants of Sadhana Pada. Some of them will be just creative people who also have a certain, have brought spirituality into their lives just to, to offer people the space to share their story of transformation through their experience rather than through a belief or an idea. So upcoming, there will be more podcasts happening and some of them will be participants of Sadhana Pada. Some of them will be just creative people who also have a certain, have brought spirituality into their lives. And so I hope, I hope that you join me on this. Thank you so much.